Hello, and welcome to NeuroCurious, a podcast about all things mind, body, brain, and culture, not necessarily in that order. And it's, wow, it's been a very long time since we've recorded an episode. I don't know, since like November 2016, something like that. I'm not sure why. I can't remember what happened. Anyway, um, lots happened since then. Um, And we're just kind of getting things rolling again. Um, Jamie and Peggy are both super busy with stuff. So they are not going to be able to participate on a regular basis, but they're going to pop in when they can and take part. So we have that to look forward to. Um, And today, for our first time back, we are very fortunate to be joined by Michelle Banks, aka Artologica, to have a little conversation about art and science and sort of our particular time in this world in managing art and science. So welcome, Michelle. Thanks for having me. So glad to see you. Um, So why don't we start with whatever few people do not know about you and your work um, to, to get some background. So, so talk a little bit about kind of who you are, what you do, how you got here. Be succinct, of course. Okay. Well, uh, I'm a full-time artist. Um, I'm, I'm an artist inspired by science. All of my work for the past sort of, I, I would say, seven, eight years has all been science-themed, science-inspired. Uh, I've been painting for about 20 years, but I actually don't really have any background in either art or science, you know, as far as my education. Like formal training. So what's your training? Right. Your formal training is in what? Um, I have a background. I was a political science major. Um, I have a master's in Russian studies. After I finished that, I went and lived in Russia for a few years and did some privatization work. Um, so it, it was, I don't know, I think that at some point there was just an artistic side of me that was kind of looking to get out. Well, I, I personally, I like the windy path. That's certainly the, the path that I've taken and a lot of people have taken. There's much to respect in it. Yeah, I mean, I... I can't say that my sort of educational background really is reflected very much in what I do at all, but obviously everything kind of uh, comes into your life and and informs what you do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how did you get rolling into doing this? Uh, well, I, I had a few various sort of major life experiences where um, I was living in Bermuda which kind of like you do like it kind of happened by accident because my husband got a job in Bermuda um, and I wasn't able to work there because I didn't have a work permit so it was a sort of enforced downtime and I started I had already been making art a little bit but it gave me lots of time to make art there's also not much to do in Bermuda if you are like me, a pretty much of a city person. Mm-hmm. So that must have been quite <laughs> a change. it was it was a really big change. So I also had a baby while I was there, and I was kind of you know you're you're home with the baby a little bit. So um, 
one of the reasons why I got into doing watercolor was just because I started painting when I was home with a little baby. So I didn't want sort of dangerous solvents around. Right. And I didn't want to be dealing with anything that was going to leave indelible marks on stuff because we were living in a (laughs) rental. Um, So um, I I started painting in watercolor and I really just, I guess I just fell in love with it and I've been doing it ever since. Mm -hmm. So the, the science part came several years later. I mean, for after we moved back to the U S I started doing art shows Um, you know, on a regular basis. And I was mostly just doing abstract watercolors. And people who saw my work kept telling me that they look like little things under a microscope, or they would mention that my work had a lot of fractal patterns. And I was really curious about these ideas. So I just, you know, I I would ask people, what does that mean? What's that about? And I was fascinated with the idea that I might kind of be painting things like microbes or like dividing cells without even knowing it. So I started looking those things up and I started painting them on purpose. Cool. And that's really how I started. So I just, uh, I'm very much self-taught in all the art and the science. I, I've just been experimenting for years and years and kind of, you know, figuring out what I want to do and how I want to do it. I think that is quite excellent. Well, thanks. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my weird little origin story. Um, so, I, so you I, started with watercolors, and then so I know you originally through your scarves because I own I I think everyone you've done. I missed a couple, <laughs> and um, I appreciate that. Um, so. Do you want to talk a little bit about working with textiles versus watercolor or anything well, like that? Well, you know what? I don't actually like, really even work with textiles. I mean, because yeah, I mean, I basically really consider myself a painter. The mm-hmm. the scarf, I mean, the scarves are really nice way of using my art in a way where you know it's very accessible for people yes. and uh, it's. It is kind of cool to see what, you know, the the patterns look like on silk. But yeah, I'm not, I can't really talk that much about it because I'm not really doing that myself. It's more just a sort of, it's a product the pattern. based right. on my work. I get it. Yeah. I get it, which, is, which I appreciate. Yeah, so I do, I mean, I mostly do watercolor. Pretty much everything I do starts as a watercolor, uh, except... I've kind of branched out a little bit in the past few years with some mixed media stuff, and especially what was fun was I, I did a, uh, a show with a couple of other artists at AAAS a few years ago. It was all based on climate change. And one of the things that I did there was create a whole wall of uh, marine protists all made out of lab glassware. Ooh. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. I mean, I like, bringing in a little bit of the lab into the work just to sort of, you know, acknowledge that not only the the inspiration and the theme, but this is actually the work that people are doing yeah. to, to get this, you know, these discoveries, this information that I'm using. Right. And it, it seems to be, at least in my experience, when I go places, oftentimes I'll wear one of your scarves and I'm doing public speaking events or whatever. And... We'll have questions from people about what is what is that? 
What is that on your scarf? Yeah, and that's great. <laughs> you able to explain it a little bit. Um, so, so can you talk a little bit about your experience in... So I know that you go to a lot of conferences, especially ones that are nearby, and kind of have booths to navigate that intersection. And I think it's, it's sort of... It's always... How do I put this? It, it's not always, I think, as, as one would expect, navigating the intersection of art and science and commerce as they all smush together. Yeah, it's an interesting little Venn diagram there, art and science and commerce. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't say I go to a lot of meetings, but I've been, I've been very lucky. But one of the, well, I guess the, the first big thing that I did was the Society for Neuroscience meeting, SFN, um, that's a that's it, a big and overwhelming it, conference. It's really I mean, that's big. 30, yeah. people. I guess I did the first one in 2014 when it mm-hmm. was in DC because that's where I live, um, and that was just a completely amazing experience. And SFN is really great and supportive of having art at their conferences, and they they do it every year, and they have one of the biggest conferences of all the scientific meetings. So uh, they've been really great. Uh, After that experience, I guess I tried sort of using my my online platform a little bit to encourage some other meetings to invite artists. And I was invited to speak at the the ASM meeting, the um, American Society for Microbiology, a couple of years ago in Boston. And they also invited us up to do, uh, or like six of us, to have booths in the um, exhibitions hall. So that was really nice. And it was really great being part of the scientific program as well and being able to talk about my work. And there there was a whole panel of different artists who were working at the intersection of art and microbiology. So it was you know, oh, it, it's another great. thing. Yeah, I mean, I it's there. one thing that we, you know, people who do these sort of weird little things, you know, you don't have shop talk, you right. don't, you know. Right. Um, so it's really amazing to have an event like that where we can all get together and, you know, we talk about what we're doing and we can share it with an audience that's not necessarily familiar with the idea of using art either as a way to communicate science or, or as an inspiration or science as an inspiration for art mm-hmm. uh, and you were in Finland not too terribly long ago correct? yeah in, in 2015 I did a um, an artist residency in the Arctic in Finland in a place called Kilpisjärvi which is a biological research station it's owned by the University of Helsinki but it's way 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 up north I mean it's uh, you take a, a five hour well you take an overnight train and then from there you take a seven hour bus ride wow. and you just keep going north and north and north um, it was a fascinating experience there were very few people up there when I was there it was October and November of 2015 and so it, it's a very it was a very unique thing for me because, again, I, I, I am a city person. I've lived in D.C. for a really long time. Um, this was a town of 100. 
Wow. Yeah. Very, and, very uh, small. Yes. And just this little research station out there. And one of the really remarkable things was just to be able to go out and it started snowing the day I got there, which I guess was October 15th. Uh, and didn't stop snowing, wow. <laughs> which was great. But you could go. So how out, long were you there? Um, just just under a month. Mm-hmm. So you can go out in the morning, and yours are the first tracks in the snow, and that's kind of that's it was an amazing thing for me. Just the, for a city person, yes, for sure. That kind of solitude, that kind of silence. Um, I got to see the northern lights. Oh, I'm so jealous. Uh, yeah, I get to see reindeer. <laughs> I didn't get quite as much sciencing out of it as I was hoping for because there really wasn't... An, I mean, the way that the, the biological station works is that groups come up and use it, but there really wasn't anybody there at the time that I was there. So I kind of had to you know, fumble my way around microscopes and stuff. But what I would do is basically go out and take long walks and gather mosses and lichens and birch bark and all kinds of things from my walks and go look at it under the simplest microscope in the lab and did some paintings um and it really it in the short term it really changed my artwork because the light in in finland in the winter was so different from what i was used to and the landscape was so black and white. Yeah, it's very, I mean, I've never been, well, I've been to Finland, but I haven't been that far north in Finland. And I've been to Alaska, but I haven't been super far north in Alaska. So I know that kind of lunar aspect yeah. of it, which is super cool. It um, was, it wasn't. It, it just, I usually use tons of color, really saturated color in my work. So it was very interesting how the the work the the color kind of leached out of my work for a while. Yeah, I, I can <laughs> um, see how. That yeah, so but that's part of the idea of going and you know making art in a different place for a while is to see how these things kind of you know not only on a level of you know going there and learning things and seeing new places, but just being affected by the environment. Yes. Um. So on that note, I'm actually I'm going to Paris next month to do another sort of mini residency in a fruit fly lab. Oh, and okay. So tell me more about this. <laughs> this is what everybody wants to go to Paris and go to a fruit fly lab. Well, yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, obviously. Um, so I'm going to be working in a lab at the Institut Jacques Monod. Um, so uh, this lab mainly is concerned with issues of evolution. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really interesting for me. And I've been, I'm really fascinated by the idea of the model organism. And I really want to do some work around that idea. Uh, the model uh, organism, the mo- like, like and ethography and cross-species stuff? Or what do you mean? More just about how we can, how we are alike with something that seems very unlike. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one thing that, that kind of recurs in my work also is that, you know, like maybe taking the idea of, of a portrait or looking at a human being 
from a kind of different way that art usually looks at a person. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, on the one hand, you know, if you have the idea of a portrait, it's usually traditionally in art, it's focused on the exterior of a person. Right. And I mean, that's only polite. <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's traditional yeah um, anyway uh but also you know you're focusing on what's unique yeah so mostly you, you know when you look at a portrait you don't want por- portrait of you know person x who is completely unremarkable so on the other hand i, I mean i get that and i'm i love portraiture as a as a a genre of art but I'm also really intrigued by the ways that we are all very similar and I've done some portraits that are really just sort of collections of human cells right so I'm kind of flipping it on its head a little bit and saying that this is a portrait it could be me it could be you you know could be anybody um so it's it's not only sort of the inside, but it's also not so much what's unique about this person, but what's common to all of us. And I I, I just visited another uh, fruit fly lab on Monday to to Ooh. talk to a, a friend of mine who who works there just to kind of get my feet wet, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. You know, he was talking about he he does neuro stuff with fruit flies. So you know, we, should we, we give him a shout out? Uh, yeah, Tim Mosca. At, <gasps> oh, uh, Tim! Hey, yeah, Tim. Uh, at Jefferson University in Philadelphia. So um, it was great, you know, because again, talking about the idea of the model organism, you look at the the brain of the fruit fly, and even though. You know, a fruit fly is vastly simpler than a human being. There's still so much that we can learn and we can apply um, from that incredibly simple organism that, yes, you know, it's, it's almost, well, I don't know. I, I'm, well, I find it really <laughs> it's profound. Quite, it's quite, yeah, exactly. And, and especially at a time when this notion of human exceptionalism is so extreme, to kind of ratchet things back a bit and take a look at other species and take a look at ourselves in context is is it's dare I say almost a political act at this moment. I think time. that's true. I think that's true, but it's also just a really interesting thought experiment in a lot of ways. Yes. Um yes. Or, or or not even a thought experiment. It's just something interesting to kind of consider that you know, there's looking at at uh you know a, a very simple little nematode um or or a simple fly or a mouse um you know can teach us a great deal about humans who knows maybe they're out there studying us too you know i mean yeah <laughs> i mean i i i am a little fearful about what they would be discovering yeah honestly um, so okay, so you've got so, you've got the, the Paris thing coming up, and then this is not official at this point, correct? You're looking into it, doing something at Fens. 
Yeah, I'm really hoping to show my work at uh, FENS, the European Neuroscience Meeting in Berlin this summer. So, um, yeah, I, I actually approached them a couple of months ago about the idea of having artists at the show. I think it's just great. like it's, you know, like SFN did, and they were enthusiastic about it. So that was great. So they're making it happen, and uh, basically, it's it's all just brand new. Um, but really hope to be there. Oh, it just and, seems like such a great. Like I, I have never been to Fens. Um, someday, perhaps when I win the lottery, I will get there. Uh, but I was kind of surprised that they didn't already have that intersection going there I kind of would have expected it so I'm very glad that they're pursuing it now well I hope so too and I hope to report back that it was a huge success well I'm so. waiting here yeah um so okay I know this isn't about like art and science per se but you did mention portraiture and we are here in DC and the portraits of Barack and Michelle Obama were recently unveiled. And actually, while I was at the uh, International Neuropsychological Society conference today, my husband was at the Smithsonian looking at the portraits and sending me pictures. I, I don't think he was gloating, per se. <laughs> but um, I, I love those portraits so much, I, I have to say. I love, well, I love Kahinde Wiley's work. So like the moment it was announced that he was doing the portrait, of Barack Obama, I was super excited to see it. I love both of them, though. I do, too. I think um, it's really great that they went with um, non-traditional portraiture for their, you know, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're more traditional portraits than I do. I right. Mean, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm not... Right. Kehinda Wiley doesn't give you a portrait of Barack Obama's <laughs> <the> liver. <laughs> <laughs> Here's and some the, bacteria we found. Yeah, and that's totally fine. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, it, I, it's, it's wonderful that they took that platform that they have and used it to, you know, raise up these two artists who are, you know, both wonderful um, you know, pretty famous already, right. but, but, you know, now this is the kind of thing that really, really puts you up in that, uh, next level. Yeah. Well, I, and, I, and also just, you know, I mean, the president, the presidential portrait doesn't have to be this boring thing of you standing in front of a flag. Right. Right. And I mean, I, I read a little bit about, uh, the Wiley picture and it's you know apparently the backdrop I mean that's kind of his traditional look is this you know mass of color and that the, the floral sort He's of thing. He's got some Chicago homage. But right yeah I didn't realize there. that there there was you know the um, Hawaiian and the yep. you know specifically things from Chicago and that's really cool I mean it's um that's almost a throwback to the kind of Renaissance portraits where you had all these yeah. clues hidden, you know, with like... Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's like I've seen people being, you know, make, complaining about the picture of Judith, basically based on a biblical story, right? The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so Renaissance to me. Like, that is so contextual and makes so much sense. Yes. Um, but, but I... When I... I was thinking a lot about about portraiture actually when I was thinking about your work and how 
we think about portraits and what, what they are, right? Because, I mean, you basically, on one level, what you do is portraiture. Yeah. Some of it. Some of yeah. it. Yeah. And um, how, like, how close do you dial it in? Like, how, you know, if you're, like, looking at a, at a microscope versus pulling back out to look at, the, you know, large, you know, a human being or whatever from the outside... Like what yeah, I mean, it, there's yeah. just all kinds of ways to portray what's going on with a given human being. And I mean, one of the things that I've done is paint EKGs, which is, you know, yeah. it's another thing that it's like, here is your literal rhythm. Right. And I've done, you know, EEGs, same kind of thing. It's like here, you know, you can find all this information out there. That's, you know, it can be, it's telling you something about that person's inner life. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you can look at the, the Mona Lisa and try to guess what she's thinking about. If you're so inclined. If you're so inclined. Um, um, you can, I mean, you can look at anybody's portrait and try to figure out, you know, like, are, are they, you know, are they nice? Are they evil? Are they mad? Or whatever. Again, if right. you're so inclined. But I mean, this is a much more sort of, you know, it, it, it's in a way much more direct. It's like, here's a person whose brain waves are nice and regular and calm. <laughs> um, or, or not. Or not. You know? And what does it mean? <laughs> yeah. Right? Without, like, with the contextual piece is also yeah. hugely useful, but it doesn't have to be part of the picture. Depending and I, on how close in you go. I mean, I also love the idea uh, that given like, a lot of recent microbiome research, that a human being is kind of an ecosystem. Yeah. And that's totally fascinating to me, too. So I've done quite a bit of work that's looking at that sort it's of... It's a way of looking at community that I think is not entirely typical for people. Yeah. I mean... Community and individuality mm-hmm. on a lot of levels because, I mean, you have you have hosts. I mean, you know, you are a host. And you have, you kind of have invaders, you know? I mean, you have, like, you're a host to lots and lots of bacteria that live in you and on you all the time. And those are kind of, you know, as I consider it your long-term residents. Well, yes. And, and then and, and then you have yeah. people who just show up and want to, you know, like, toss out the long-term residents or, um, you know. Friendly visitors, less friendly exactly, visitors. Exactly, exactly. Um, colonializers. Right. I mean, all sorts of fascinating ways to look at it in, you know, in sociologically, politically, um, scientifically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's an... That's an area within that intersection of art and science that has maybe been somewhat underutilized up to this point. That is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's all kinds of people out there doing real cool stuff. It's just, yeah, it's hard to follow everything that happens. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know? it's hard to keep up. So, so yeah. talk, talk a little bit about, because you, you and I know each other through social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's social media is an area that I am on the one hand extremely grateful for and on the other hand increasingly kind of horrified by and um, 
I think there's a we're at this weird kind of sea change where every, you know lots of people are using it, but the way it's being used is is variable for people. I mean, when you first started using social media, did you really think about it much, or did you just kind of naturally start doing it? Well, actually, <laughs> as we say, well, actually, uh, I was pushed onto it a little bit. I mean, I had been using Facebook for a while, but I wasn't really using social media much for communicating my art. Well, uh, in 2010, uh, I joined, a, it was sort of a it was a thing called Maker's Market, which was kind of a joint venture between Make and Boing Boing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they started a little sort of Etsy for geeks was their kind of pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was accepted as a seller for that. And they wanted us all to be online because, I mean, those are very sort of online savvy uh, organizations. Uh, so they wanted us all to tweet. So that's how I started tweeting was really that. But, you know, I I guess I... I fairly immediately took to it, and I mean, for me, it's mostly been a really, really positive thing, because, you know, I'm this middle-aged person who works by myself in my dining room. Right. Uh, It's given me a voice, and, and it's given me kind of, it's given me colleagues. Yeah. It's made me a whole lot of connections. Um... And it's just really enabled me to put my work in front of vastly more people than ever saw it back when I was just doing local art shows. Right. Um, so in that sense, it's really been an amazing thing for me. And I don't think that my career that I have now would be possible without it. On the other hand, sure, it's impossible not to see the negatives. I mean, it's... Yeah, some days you go online and you kind of take a look around and you just want to... Exactly, you want to just again. shut it down because, yeah, people are... Uh, people are so unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. And, and then, and, and you can... I mean, even if people are totally, you know, fine and polite and everything, you get sucked into arguments and well just general internet rabbit holes that it's very difficult to extract yourself from so um, it's a mixed bag it's a mixed bag but on the whole I mean I guess I have partly been lucky that I haven't suffered from a lot of the crap that a lot of women get a lot of women, especially um, women of color, especially especially black women. It's just yeah, I, but and you know what though? Uh, partly it's because I don't really. I mean, I'm not shy about my personal politics, but it's not really what my online presence is about. Right. So I so don't. So people don't name search you or search you out for that in particular. It's right. Just not something that happens. Right. So, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit protected by the fact that I'm mostly talking about things that are a lot less um the, you don't know, that don't draw the the trolls. The trolls. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm still a fan. Um I don't 
I kind of can't see myself on Twitter in 10 years because I'm sure there's going to be something else besides Twitter in 10 years. So, I hope so. You know, I mean, I, I, I so. think, yeah. But it's, um, been, it's been very helpful. I mean, I, I think in a lot of ways we're sort of at this crossroads, I think, currently in terms of where things are going to go. And they can go a lot of different directions in a lot of areas. And I think everybody's kind of, on the one hand, waiting to see how things evolve and another is how we adapt right and yes um but yeah you know I miss it I miss like everybody else I mean I miss that sort of you know 2012 or 2013 internet when we used to have these long arguments about Kanye West and Katy Perry and stuff like that. <laughs> it was like more that was more re- innocent. Times. It was a more innocent time. <laughs> I mean, I miss that because yeah. you know people were really funny and there were llamas running around and you there know were llamas. And I miss I, honestly, I I miss when Keith Laws was on the neuroscientist in London. He was in a, a band and so he would do neuroscience and he would also post you know, old music recordings. And there was oh, cool. this great kind of cross-section of, of interest that would come into play with each other. And to me, that was back back in the day. <laughs> that was the most exciting thing for me, is that you could have multiple, multiple interest areas, and you could find ways to follow all of them there would way there would be ways that they would intersect and also ways that they'd be separate but you could kind of keep track of of all sorts of areas of interest and there really hasn't been anything since then i've found that allows that kind of granular focus on areas of interest that also allows you to intersect them but i've i've never been a facebook person i've always from the minute it was announced i was like no and so i have never had a facebook page now I'm super glad. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but there really, there, there's not a lot of ways for people to be able to connect with each other across time and space like we have potentially through using aspects of social media or whatever is going to come next. Yeah, and that's, again, it's why I'm, I'm still on there because... I still definitely find it worth it. And I mean, I've gotten so many great opportunities just from, you know, so I've met so many wonderful people. Definitely. um, Some of whom I still haven't met in real life, but I really consider them friends. Absolutely. Um, But a lot that I have met and, you know, just really terrific things that have happened for me personally and professionally just because of being online. I also figure, you know, like I, I mostly sell online. I haven't really had much luck selling at galleries. So I, I sell directly online and I feel like if you want to sell online, you really have to be online. I mean, it's like, it's your neighborhood. It's a place. Yeah. It's a place. You have to, yes, you have to know the neighbors (laughs) and and you, you have to sort of, you know, cultivate that. So it's, it's important for me. Yeah. Now, so in, so you're in the the general Washington DC area. Yes. Um, so if somebody wanted to in person see your work like do you do you have access to do that or are you like 
fully online at this point, except for when you show at conferences, etc. Um, yeah, it's really kind of tough because I do work from home, so I don't have a, a sort of storefront or something where people can come and look at my work um, in person. But I do show on a fairly regular basis um, in, you know, both in galleries and at festivals, mm-hmm. and then also, like you said, at, uh, at science meetings. And if anybody here is listening and wants to invite me to their science meeting, you know, please do. Science meetings are great to attend. They're they're good, and also it's very. There is a cultural divide. A a lot of science people are very intimidated by the art world, even in its kind of and vice versa. Yes, vice absolutely vice versa. But I mean, the thing is, with most art events, are really pretty much open to the public, and they're free, and they have wine, and you still can't get people to come to them. Right. And it's because of that feeling of, and I mean, I'm assuming here, but but from from what I know, it's because people feel like, oh, it's not for me, I don't belong there. Right. So, and I mean, I have some really, really, really smart friends, a lot of them with PhDs, who are just terrified to go to an art gallery, and... You know, for me, it's something that I do all the time, but I still kind of get that. So, I mean, there's just something about it that's a little bit intimidating. So bringing it directly to a meeting is just a really amazing way to meet people halfway between those two worlds. Yeah, and it's also nice. I mean, I'm sure, like, as you sat in your booth at SFN and you had researchers, scientists come by and had a chance to to chat with them that is probably super fun it's really fun and it's a great source of inspiration yeah because i mean there are just i mean i you know dipping my fingers in basically to certain areas of uh narrow research but i mean these people are swimming around in it. So, you know, they'll come and tell me, well, you should look at this thing that I'm doing because it's super cool. And it's really, yeah, that's... And it's that's, true. And it's true. <laughs> Everybody thinks that the thing they're working on is super cool. But, you know, most well, of the time so. they're right. Because so. the brain is super cool. I mean, there's like... it. it it's hard to imagine something... I mean, it's... For an artist to think about how we think you know I mean there's like all these things of perception and cognition and emotion and every single thing that is a major area of neuroscience is an incredibly fertile area for art yeah because you're thinking about how you think you're thinking about how you feel you're thinking about how you see and hear and smell the world and all of that stuff is really just Again, fascinating ground for artwork. Well, and it's so, it's just, it's rich. Yes, exactly. It's, it's so rich. And, you know, just uh, today I was at a few, I was at the INS meeting, went to a few talks, and one of them was on the adolescent brain and talking about, again, we're still learning. Like, there's still so much we don't understand about adolescent brain development. And one of the things that was super exciting for me was finally hearing people talking at some length about glia. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, so now we need our glia series. 
and (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean there you go glia are really an you know they're interesting cells that um, people are I mean researchers are starting to understand a lot more about but before they were not important and we didn't have to care about them because we didn't understand them so we blew them off well there you go (laughs) which is is what we tend to do yeah so it's yeah it's super exciting and actually like there's not at INS, there isn't, there's there's no art section at INS. We'll have to talk to them about that. Yeah, we should talk to them. They need to have an art section. So, um, any kind of last things you want to hit that we've missed? I mean, I'm sure there's tons that we've not know. talked about. <laughs> Like going, oh, no. like going forward into the future, do you feel like there's, do you have an area of science that you're particularly like interested in other than thinking about portraiture? And Well, one of the, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea of the model organism and mm-hmm. it's kind of overlapping the, um, some of the areas of of neuroscience and evolution mm-hmm. because one of the things that you know is, is interesting about model organisms um, or you know which are a lot of ways simpler than than humans um, but they go through the same kinds of developmental stages mm-hmm. in the brain um, so and which is Indicative of the fact that we all come from these common ancestors. Right. Um, and heck, all that stuff is just really, really interesting, you know? Right. I, <laughs> I mean, keep, like... I keep having these, like, yeah. like, fantasies of, like, drosophilia, like, like driving the car too fast. <laughs> <laughs> Adolescent <laughs> ones. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, so... Yeah, I have... I, I'm that's kind of one of the the things that I want to really dig into on this trip to Paris is um, kind of that interface between evolution and brain development. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm not going to argue with you about that because I find it fascinating too. Um, Okay. So, so on our, our first time back from a long respite from, from recording, here we are, and uh, so tell people who don't know how to get in touch with you. Uh, well, one of the ways that you can do that is to follow me on Twitter. I'm Artologica. Uh, do I need to spell that out? <laughs> I mean, you could. A R T O L O G I C A. That's sort of it's like art biologica was the idea so anyway i was gonna ask you about that by the way i was was like how did you come up with artologica now i know yeah um and you still are on Uh, etsy um i'm yes artologica on etsy i mean michelle banks artwork if you just google that it'll find you a lot you can you can pretty much find me that way you got red bubble stuff too yes or no uh yes i do yes i have stuff on red bubble You've yep. got stuff everywhere. You're all over the place. So, I, so this is this is the thing, <laughs> and you know, the 21st century artist needs uh, various revenue streams. 
So, yeah. <laughs> well, capitalism is the devil, but apparently it's what we have currently. So we've got to work with it. Um, okay. So thanks for joining us. Um, nice thanks to be so back. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, so such a pleasure to have you. All right. Thanks a bunch.